All right, we've got our week 12, week 12 preview of Pitt in Boston College. We also have fan comments that we love to go over each and every Wednesday as we get ready for the week's football season. And then some basketball to sprinkle. It's a little wet, wet your appetite. We'll talk about all of that here on today's show. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to today's edition of Locked on ACC. I'm your host, Candace Cooper, joined by Kenton Gibbs of Locked on Wolfpack. Each and every day, you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Make sure you download and subscribe to the pod from anywhere you listen. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money bet money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked on to get started. On today's episode, we'll talk through Pitt, we'll talk through Boston College, we'll talk a little bit about he said, she said, fan said, and then, of course, get into our comments as we write off week 11 and get ready for week 12. Kenton, how are you feeling? I'm feeling great. I'm feeling really good about this week. I'm feeling like, you know, this is what better time as we are winding down towards the end of this season. You know, I can almost smell... The, the greens, beans, potatoes, tomatoes, chicken, turkey, lamb. I can almost smell it. Lamb? Already. Is that all that usually what you have for Thanksgiving? I mean, no, but I lo- love lamb chops. So if anybody wanted to make some lamb chops, you know what I mean? I'm not going to send this to the person who normally makes my Thanksgiving dinner. I'm lying. I'm sending it to you and your husband, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but, you know, I, I do enjoy a little bit of lamb. Is that Auntie Lynn? Is that who you're sending it to? Okay. All right. Now, all don't, right. don't get federal. Curious. Don't get federal. I was just curious. Don't get federal. I was don't, just don't curious. Get federal. Don't. I, was, I was just curious. I didn't know who you were sending it to. It's actually going to Miss Burnett. Thank you very much. But, okay. Or Mrs. Burnett, actually. But thank you. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Listen, thunder, the thunder will make it roll. Let's talk about what will be exciting this week as we head into Thanksgiving. We have a lot to be thankful for. And that's some really good football matchups here in the ACC to kick things off. We have some Thursday Night Lights with Boston College and Pittsburgh. Listen, I know that we put Pitt at the bottom of the class. I know that Boston College is sitting at the middle. And I know we want to sit here and say, yeah, just, this should be a gimme for the Eagles. But, you know, Pitt has been known to upset only once, but still has been known to upset. And it could happen again, right? And crazy things have happened. Boston College coming off that big loss against Virginia Tech, looking for some redemption. Absolutely. And I also think that one thing that needs to be recognized here is it's not just that Pitt lost the last game. It's the way in which they lost. It's the way. You're looking at a Boston College team. Their strength is a young man by the name of Thomas Don't Call Me Tommy Castellanos. Now, what does Thomas Castellanos do best? Where does he have his most help? When he is putting that ball under his right or left arm and making something shake with that. So if that is in fact the reality, and Pitt, knowing what we know about them, is seeing what they're seeing. If Narduzzi goes in and tells this team, hey, um, not only is nobody's job safe, what we put out was embarrassing. We got pushed around. We got bullied. We got beat up. So for this week, I'm not leaving the front seven. Everywhere y'all go, I'm going. 
your individual periods, congratulations. I'm here now. You wanted me to be there? I'm there. You need a little extra attention? You got the extra attention. That could lead to a negative result for Boston College. But the reality is, again, I think that this is kind of a year that Pitt is just punting away. And so I, I think Boston College could be all right in this one. Well, my biggest thing for Boston College is the injuries, right? If you check out our friend A.J. Black in his 247sports.com article talking about Ryan O'Keefe, the wide receiver, being out, George Takis being out, Pat Garwell, Jalen Blackwell, Shida Bryce Steele. I mean, can you just name anybody healthy, right, in a short week where you're trying to bounce back and recover? Running back Kai Robichaud, like that to me is going to be the biggest hurdle for uh, Boston College Eagles. I mean, and this is another reason why I said that Pitt could very easily upset this team because, I mean, you're looking at a a Boston College team that what was their problem last year, right? We talked about how bad the line was, but they were pulling over substitute defensive line. I mean, you look at this team this year, who are their weapons out wide that are healthy? You know what I mean? Like, who are their weapons out wide outside of, I believe, Tomlin's kid is still healthy. Mm-hmm. But everybody else, you know, who was slave to be a starter, slave to be big time, they're they're walking around in the boot or they got a sling on, which, you know, that's not really what you want to see. Uh, you can't catch too many passes with that being the case. So I'm, I'm looking at this situation and I'm saying to myself, Boston College has shown that they're the better team, but they are very banged up and on an extremely short week. And, and playing on the road. <laughs> and the same way that we said Pitt could have already punted this year, what else would Halfley really have as a goal for this team beyond bowl eligibility? And they've already accomplished that. So, you know, this game could very easily go either way. But I think, you know, we talk about the fighting Halfleys. I think they certainly have turned their season around in big ways. But it's also one of those situations where if you still – you don't question Halfley nearly as much, but I think we talk about the young guys and the recruiting and how you're going to continue some success. It might be one of those matchups like worth winning, just given the record of Pittsburgh. Yeah, I I a thousand percent agree. And I think that this game will come down to one thing. One team has Thomas Castellanos. The other team (laughs) does not have Thomas Castellanos. And therefore I think that will be the decided factor. And I know that that's like a joke and, and, you know, a lot of people talk about certain quarterbacks in that way, but very seriously, you know, and I know I've joked often about I don't trust the Canadian quarterback and Bill you and all that. But the reality is, if you look at the quarterback play between these two teams, it's not even close. It is night and day. Thomas Castellanos has been a quarterback that they're winning because of game after game after game after game, as opposed to whoever Pitt decides to trot out, be it Villu, be it uh, Jerkovic, uh, it doesn't matter. They're going to have to win most likely in spite of that guy because Boston College defense has been showing up to play as of recently, you know, the last game where they got absolutely mauled on the ground aside, which again is a moment where Jeff Hafley, another defensive coach, can go to his front seven and say, hey, what we put on that film, terrible. Don't want to see anything like it again. So I'm here with y'all as well. Um, so I, I think that Boston College pulls out a close one here. Well, We'll have to see. Again, Thursday night matchup kicks us off, and it's always, again, an exciting time to get some of our ACC action on the books. Let's talk about our friends here at FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. 
That's 150 bucks if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. FanDuel.com slash college. Mm, FanDuel.com slash locked on and get your NFL season underway. FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL. Kitten, how are your Lions doing, by the way? Oh, what a time <laughs> to be alive. Seven and two, you know, beating up on some charges that they said, oh, out there in L.A., you know, you, the 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 Lions ain't seeing no success out there in L.A. You know, Matt Stafford's the only Lion that's going to see success out there in L.A. Well, look at the sun god. Look at Amon Ra trotting on into the end zone. Look Amin at Jameer Ra's Gibbs. having quite the season. Love him. Love him to death. You remember every receiver that got dropped in front of you. You tell me what college they went to. You tell me what blood type they got, brother. You keep doing what you're doing. Jameer Gibbs, former Georgia Tech great, decided that he was mm-hmm. going to take his talents over, you know, to Alabama and have himself a semi-successful time before going to the NFL. Things we love to see. I mean, you know, it's a great time and and it's always exciting to to have these moments. Uh, but uh, you know, it's it's just so so beautiful to take this all in. Don't forget their quarterback, future ACC team, Cal graduate in Jared Goff. You know, it's it's uh lots of ACC connections over there and, Man. and you know, it's it's always a good time. We try to forget about that Cal Stanford connection, but here we are. Oh, yeah, SMU as well. We always love a Wednesday where we can just get it all out of our system. We mm-hmm. give you two shows where we, we provide some recaps and some feedback. We do our we do Monday, he said, she said, fan said. We do Tuesday with our power rankings. And those are the spiciest episodes we have for the week. And we always love to talk through it, you know, just one last time before we write it off and turn the page and head to the next week. So before we get into week 12, Gonna go through some comments, you know. Let's do it. We talked about the refs being bad, and NA underscore K said ACC refs are bad, but they showed up and showed out this past weekend. Feels like every game there are multiple bad calls. The ref playing quarterback and deflecting Miami's pass was hilarious, though. They're ti- they tired of the fans complaining to the ACC. They said they're going to show you all, all of us what it is. And, you know, at the end of the day, if you sprinkle a little badness, right, can we all just get along and sing a song? Or is it just we do need to have some sort of reflective moment, Commissioner Phillips? Commissioner Phillips needs to have a damn reflective moment. <laughs> One of the essential parts of the game, and, and here's here's my deal about the referees, right? Your job is not to decide the game. It's to literally officiate it. It's quite literally what it says, right? The preacher is not the important part of the wedding. The preacher just officiates the thing. He does the things to keep everything moving in procedure. That's what these referees are supposed to do. But instead, with blowing as many calls as they have, and again, I am not saying that these calls are have been horribly one-sided or horribly against one team or another at any particular point in time. But what I will say is if these calls continue to be as bad as they are, and if they continue to be as impactful as they are, it is hard for anybody to have confidence or faith in this conference to get it right. This is embarrassing out of point. Well, it makes it nervous for you think about the ACC championship and what it could potential implications could become of it if Louisville or North Carolina gets there against FSU, a team that we need to go to the college football playoffs. And let's say we have a couple blown calls that goes into the opponent's favor and the opponents being anyone other than FSU could, you know, shake some implications of not being in the top four when it's all said and done. And, you know, 
my my uh, old coach Thomas Bush was loving to death, and, and he told us y'all have to be good enough to not only beat your opponent, you have to beat the ref as well, beat the refs as well, because they're going to call a touchdown back every single game because they don't want boys from the city winning on, at the scale that y'all are at, and that actually happened. That is actually a very true story. We actually had um, some some websites that were covering high school football, slow down plays and show bit by bit every player for every frame to say there was no penalty committed. This is a phantom call. And I'm going to say this. It's easy to do that in high school. In college, it's different. The The difference between the best players in the ACC and like, let's just say the best players on Florida State, the worst players on UNC who are going to be starting, of course. The difference is not monumentous to where you can – be better in that way, right? So if you are doing what you've done, right, you're missing a call like they did against Miami with the holding against Keon Coleman where everybody's like, oh, um, Jordan Travis just overshot Keon Coleman. No, Keon Coleman was held. That would have been a touchdown if he were allowed to run under the ball or if they throw the flag, congratulations, automatic first down where they ended up punting the ball. So Mm -hmm. if these things happen, and they're in the favor of, against the favor, doesn't matter who it's for or against. This will undermine the integrity of the championship game. And that is something you don't want to see. You truly don't want to see a game where the officiating is that bad. A hundred percent. Mr. Jim said, I think the ACC should set a precedent, be trendsetters, and revolutionize the review process. Make it make it a committee that reviews any play to make sure reviewed calls are correct, no matter what play it is, no restrictions, and make it a committee of three or four or five people that uh, majority vote wins, getting the play right, correct, should be the goal, not protecting the refs or the call on the field. I agree, and I want to take it a step further. I want to propose something that a lot of people are going to be mad at, but I don't care about. The NBA puts out a last two-minute review of, you know, all that, what happened, all that good stuff. I want to see the refs have to have post-game press conferences as well. I want to see... Because and, and think about the timing of this. The refs go straight off the field into their locker room, get dressed, and you know, go home and all that. What if while the teams are going into their locker room to get dressed or whatever the case may be, the refs immediately came to the podium to say, Hey, answer for any calls, answer for hey, that's a clear interception by Duke. How'd you get a, a reception out of that? What happened there? What are you looking at? Hey, this is clearly um a safety. Where'd you get uh down at the one yard line from? Hey, this is very clearly, you know, whatever the call may be. Hey, why did you call this call in this moment? Can you point us to the letter of the rule that says that this rule needs to be officiated in this way? Whatever the case may be. Because again, I am for full transparency. And also, I'm going to take this one last step further that mm-hmm. a lot of people, especially referees, ain't going to like. I would like an independent committee to review every call that's made in a game and give refs grades. Give refs a grade on percentage of calls that you got right, percentage of calls that you missed, and the refs who have the highest grades are the ones that get the big-time game. They're the ones that get the uh, conference championship game. They're the ones that get the – I don't want to see no crew out there that got C's and D's on their report card, baby. Mm-mm. No, sir. Put out the baddest heifers on the floor. That's who I want to see for the ACC championship. Oh my God. It's like, I think that you have some nice analogies and then you just go with the one that just throws everything off the loop. But Willie said ACC stands for another, another crappy call. I don't want that to be our reputation. You know, I don't want that to be 
for it. And, Go ahead. And the worst part is there's so much good football being played. There are so many spectacular players. We should be talking right now about how good is Cam Kentis? How good is he? How, like, very seriously, when is the last time we saw an ACC safety be that good? That's yeah. what we should be talking about. How good are those Florida State receivers? How good are they? How good is Jordan Travis? That's what we should be talking about. We should be talking about Castellanos. We should be talking about Gelati. We should be talking about those. But instead, we are sitting here talking about the zebras. Foolishness. Foolishness. And let me tell you, these people are very upset about my verb, of course, because, you know, it's our show. Yeah. They're mad because we said Florida State rolled past oh, Miami. Okay. All right. So the well, fact that we said Florida State rolls past Miami, we didn't say Florida State survives or escapes or you, you know, know, you know, you know. what sure. is this rolls past Miami nonsense? Says Sean Andrews. Miami had a chance to tie or win the game. In the last possession, Miami dominated the trenches on both sides of the ball. The difference in the game was a six-year FSU quarterback versus a true freshman quarterback for Miami in his second start. Did you actually watch the game? Is your title just clickbait? I mean, we we in fact did watch the game. Um, Tyler, we, we in fact tweeted about the game, but you know, engage with our tweets. I promise we're gonna we're gonna be tweeting about the Follow games. us at Locked On ACC. We do tweet. We do do it in in real time. I don't know. Hey, crazy. and and we respond. We respond a lot. You can ask the different fans. We if y'all want to get in sports debates with us, we got time today, tomorrow, the day after that, the day before that. We got time. Um, but very seriously, it's you know, the the thing is. Let's not get caught up in the, the minor details here. I do agree that, you know, they didn't roll in the case of, like, dominate, whoop the wheels off, all that good stuff. They won the, okay. fo- they won the football game. Let's stop with the semantics and, and making that, you know, don't Hold your major L in the minors. Peace. Yeah, don't Hold major in the minors. L. Don't it's do that. It's just silly. It, it's yeah. truly silly. But, you know, Dustin said he doesn't even know why he tries to watch this show with a serious face. And I just want Dustin to know. Ain't nobody telling him to watch the show. Hey, listen, I, I, here's the thing. Here's the thing to everybody who tells us how terrible we are and they want to leave. Cause I know there's a lot of comments like that. Mm-hmm. This, my friends is an ACC podcast. Mm-hmm. This is not RDU. This is not DTW. This is not, uh, what is the one in, in, uh, DC? Is it BWI? Is that the Baltimore one? It's not BWI. It's not, you know, um, any of those airports. You don't have to announce your departure, baby. You can go. You can go. And you know, I get it. I get it. Y'all know that in the black community, you can't just leave an event without dapping people up and saying bye. I understand. All right. right? Got, All right now. Yeah. You yeah. Got to, yeah. You got to give everybody, you got to say bye because, you know, everybody going to look at you funny like, did Candace just leave without telling nobody bye? I get it. However, this podcast, you know, we're not in community together in that way, even though we do love our community here. Don't get me wrong, but we are not in community in that way to where, we would feel bad if you don't announce your departure. We still love you. We love you. But, you know, you don't need to tell us. You don't need to tell us that you're leaving. We, you know what? We don't lose not one week of sleep either way. We promise you. We promise you. Let's talk more about these comments here in just a second. But first, want to talk about our friends at eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patient. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. 
Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Kenton. Willis said, Candace, have you started a send-off video for Coach Elko? I have a feeling he's going to get a few calls from College Station. Station, And I want to say that I personally would be sad that Coach Elko left because I feel like he definitely helped elevate what is, you know, ACC play and put you know people on notice what he's done for Duke football, all the things. However, it's going to be calling comma. I don't think he's leaving. Nina gonna Nina gonna roll out the brink the brink truck. In the it's words, not gonna be the same as Texas A&M because that's different money. That's oil money. But she gonna bring it out. In the words of one DJ Khaled, tell them to bring the yacht out. You gotta bring a lot of money. I don't <laughs> think that y'all quite realize what you're saying and saying that Elko is leaving this year. And don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. I know that Texas A&M got a whole different ball game of money than what most of us are looking at. They're number one or two in NIL alignment every. Every year, right? Number one, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, number one, second, and no. You know, I'm a cast steak brother. You got to <laughs> drop that on you. But, but I understand. I understand. I'm with you. I'm with mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. But they got to pay old Jimbo seventy five, and then they got to pay old Elko out of Duke, and then they got to pay Elko to actually coach there. Now, I think this is scheme by Todd. No, but very seriously. I think that this is a moment where you've got to look up and say, I mean, yes, it's technically feasible. And um, I'm not going to lie. The rumblings have been getting louder and louder. Not going to lie. The, the rumblings have been going on actually longer than most people think. But mm-hmm. that's neither here nor there. Um, but the reality is of this thing is there needs to be a lot of moving parts figured out. And I'll tell you this much. Mm-hmm. Whether or not he goes, whether or not you need to prepare the send off song, enjoy him while he's here. Enjoy well, Mega Frank Garcia said, I agree with Kenton about Mike Elko saying at Duke, he can go eight and four, seven and five, and four years ago, nine and two, beat some conference bigs, and he can retire a rich man. It's called doing the yeah. stoops. Let's hear it for Virginia Tech, NC State coming up strong at the end of the, of the season. Miami, Georgia Tech fall off. It's all about some balance. It took Norvell three years to build a team to compete. Took mm-hmm. Brown nine months and ultimately their mirror teams. Now let's talk about the what ifs. What if Louisville wins its last two and ends up ranked to number six, beats Florida State and big loses <laughs> to Louisville, ends up fourth in the playoffs due to recency bias. Yeah, FSU needs to play Louisville if they want to bolster their playoff hopes. Go cards. And I agree with him on that. They need to play the cards versus playing North Carolina. That would definitely absolutely help. and beating absolutely. the cards makes for better conversation than being North Carolina. But, Only but because me, have you seen that North Carolina defense. Thank but let me much. take you, let me take it a step further for you. Mm-hmm. Let's 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 really bring the yacht out here. Okay. If we're looking at these teams and saying, hey, who's what, who's who, who's the top 25, who's this, who's that, if we look at the CFP top 25 right now, right? If we're looking at that and saying, hey, who is what in terms of um in terms of where they at or where they are at for week 12. Louisville would have to jump. Bama, Texas, Oregon, Washington, and FSU in order to get in. That's a lot of teams. And you don't, you know, in the words of that uh song, they got a long way to go and a short time to get there. We now don't what know what song is go. that. Um, it's uh I'm on the road coming down the air trucking. 
something, something, something the way we can. I, I don't know. It's the, the next line is we got a long way to go in a short time to get there. I know that part. Help the church. I, I listen. You got you got the most music analogies of anybody I know, and I no. just just for the people, right? I'm, I'm gonna make sure we get I'm, right. I have an eclectic music taste, but I that know. is a part of the song. I know for a fact that the we got a long way to go and a short time to get there is a thing because I remember Coach Crowell always used to say that to us whenever like we had a bad performance heading into the playoffs. He said, "We got to get a lot better. We got a long way to go and a short time to get there." And I was always like, "Where did you get that from?" And he explained one day. It was from some old country song or another, and uh, that's where it came from. So, yeah, did, Louisville got a long, long, long way to go in terms of jumping all those teams yes. um, in terms of the CFP rankings. Sure, but in the end, I would I prefer to see a Florida State-Louisville, and that's just me from someone who is clearly a graduate of North Carolina. I'm just trying to be real with myself, right? Maybe a little mm -hmm. reverse psychology. You know, defense will figure it out. But I also saw them in person, and that soft coverage was a very real thing. So there's that. But we end the show here, right? You know, we've had a lot of Florida State controversy on this show for the past season. Mm -hmm. And I just want you to know, we have some people on our side. We have people that said you have all y'all have a point about FSU fans. FSU fans are easy to trigger this year. The younger FSU fans don't know how to act like they've been there before. The bigger problem is the older FSU fans still remember the excuses from the playoff committee back in 2014 when they yeah. kept moving them down from the rankings. That was the year where the very first committee ranking had Mississippi State as number one. Meanwhile, Florida State was undefeated. All the things, all the things. So that, you know, a lot of people have some. Some trauma they got to get past. But as an FSU fan, I think you guys do a good job of being fair and balanced. Florida State Seminoles, Kansas and Kenton, y'all have been fair all season about FSU. Don't worry about the stands. They begin on legit fans' nerves, too. Have been for years. And you know what? what? Sometimes that's what we need. You got you got Dustin who hates us. You got people who say, you know, we do what we do. Yeah. All in all, it works great for both of us. I mean, I, I'll tell you this much, right? Mm -hmm. Again, I... I could understand if like we were like looking and begging and wishing for a reason to put FSU down. If we said every time FSU struggled, oh, they're not number one anymore. We've given them their respect. We gave them a sermon last episode to tell y'all how good we think they are and how the, the, the call, the call against uh, Florida State wasn't the only bad or the non-safety wasn't the only bad call in the game. We, we, we're trying to take care of you. We're trying to take care of you. We're trying to tell you what's going on. The reality is, again, this Florida State team is very special. We have yeah. talked about this ad nauseum. We ain't going to keep saying it, but so many times and but so many ways. Okay? Nemo, Nemo, we're not talking about them, Nemo. All I will say, though, is I'm surprised that we didn't have more people in their fields, especially from the Miami side, about the power rankings to be the number 10. Because if you think about just the way Miami started out this season, mm -hmm. I'm surprised at how they've fallen a bit in regards to – just the, the inconsistency. Yeah, I, I think the Miami fans understand that, you know, the style points are important and all that. But one of the biggest things that we look at on this show is like, how does your team actually look like? I think that Miami fans have accepted we do actually watch the games. And the reality of watching these games is simple. Ever since, uh, let's say that Clemson win. I don't think that they've looked good at all. And mind you, that was backed into by a loss to Georgia Tech where, you know, just bend the knee, and then you lose to North Carolina. You look good against Clemson, and then you struggle against Virginia, and then you put up six points against NC State. You know, it's it's hard for us to kind of pump you up after that one. 
And, you know, especially when your quarterback, who now has to be the starter, is looking at zero touchdowns to six interceptions in conference play because Emory's done. With all due respect, he was on. He had the soft cast on before he even left the field. That brother is, you know. Hey, we'll see you in twenty twenty four. We wish you a speedy recovery, brother. But he's I'm trying done. to tell you. I'm trying so, to tell you. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I think the Miami fans know. You know, they they're seeing the same thing we're seeing. Even if these fans don't have the same feelings or they have a bias toward their team, or we, I don't think that any fan base is absolutely out of their mind to the point where they'd say. Oh, so what? That we're playing with a quarterback that just can't stop turn the ball over. We're just fine. Like they're not. They're not there. Week eleven is done. Week twelve is upon us. Louisville, excuse me, Boston College and Pitt are kicking us off. Mm -hmm. Then we'll have a full slate of games to go over. Get your fan votes in. Okay, make sure we do the he said, she said, fan said votes. We'll do all of that tomorrow. So get your tallies in on our YouTube page. We get our community thing. You can let us know how you're feeling in that regard. And then we'll talk a little basketball because as we're recording this, Michigan State and Duke are going head to head. Could be some great times. Could be some stressful times. I would hate to see Duke start out the season one and two. So who knows? Mm-hmm. We'll talk about all of that. Shout out to my boy Caleb Love, though. You know, that Duke hate is real. We'll talk about all of that tomorrow. So, yeah, Ken, until next time.